Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Electric Leftovers. My name's Jason. This is episode 274, coming at you, end of May 2020. We did it. We made it another month without going totally mad. Uh, maybe. I don't know what your situation's like. My situation at the moment is my internet's been out since I got home, which has uh, made doing some of this stuff a little hard. So thank goodness for my phone. Uh, since we last spoke, which would have been about that time, we have some new things at the website from me, like Minecraft. There is some new Shining Force 2, some new La Mulana, some new Ghouls and Ghosts. Uh, we've got new soundtracks, including Bucky O'Hare and Burai Fighter. And uh, I think that's really it that's been going on. Didn't get any questions for the Q&A this week, so we won't be having that in the show. Uh, let's see. Anything else to tell you? Not really. Uh, you know what's the bummer is I gotta go and re-download the soundtrack off the website so I can put the music for the week in the show. And I don't have internet, so I can't do that. So... No, I don't have all that stuff backed up. What are you talking about? You know how much space that would be? Ridiculous. But I'm sure we can figure something out for the next little bit. I mean, not like it's going to matter. By the time you guys hear it, it'll be working the way it's supposed to. I'm going to go now and do the uh, next section. In the distant, in the distant future, the BEDA Corporation, a company involved in the development of electronic equipment and military weapons, is actually a front operated by a race of alien beings who have been living on Earth for centuries in secrecy. The aliens have developed a substance named gel, which was initially intended to be used as food for their species, but also functions as an addictive substance to humans that results in terrible side effects and is now being sold as an illegal drug within the underworld. I don't remember any of this from the game. The player takes the role of Detective Hart, a member of the Vice Unit who is assigned to investigate the BEDA Corporation following the disappearance of his partner Reese during his previous case. During his mission, Hart is assisted by his lover and fellow Vice Agent Christy and Sophia, an acquaintance of the two. Isn't that nice? How everybody just gets along. This is Vice Project Doom, a platformer for the NES, developed by ICOM, and published by Sammy, released in 1991. And I really should change that. It's not, 
it's not much of a platformer as it is just an all-around action game. We've got side-scrolling fighting, we've got top-down driving and shooting, and then we've got rail shooting all going on in this game. It's crazy, it's ridiculous, it's so over-the-top, just... Wow. So, you guys are going to find out early that uh, the internet turned back on. I was doing the news, and it showed up. So, there you go. Alright, reviewed. Oh, my God! I'm excited. Everything, everything that was bad is good again. <clears throat> Let's start with this one, though. A graphical showcase with average gameplay. A Vector Man review by Pentium MMX from 2009. Back in 1994, Sega started to lose their control over the market thanks to bad management on their part and a little game for their uh, and a little game for their rival console, the Super NES, called Donkey Kong Country, featuring the most advanced graphics anyone had ever seen at the time. In addition to being an enjoyable game, DKC brought Nintendo back on top, and because Sega wasn't wanting to be left out, so they released Vector Man a year later, to show off the graphical capability of the Genesis. However, is it any good? Was Nintendo really was the Super Nintendo really struggling until Donkey Kong Country? I'm going to say no. Story. It's just a generic sci-fi story about robots attempting to overthrow humanity. Except one of the robots isn't affected and begins to fight back to save the world. It's nothing special at all. Story 5 out of 10. 
graphics. They did put a lot of effort in the graphics, featuring smoothly animated sprites. However, what holds its back is the limited color palette of the Sega Genesis compared to the Super NES. As a result, the graphics appear muddy compared to Donkey Kong Country, its prime competition at the time. Still, it's not bad considering the limitations of the Genesis hardware. Graphics, 8 out of 10. So, I just... I see at least two more mentions of Donkey Kong Country going down here. This is not a game that when I think of what's, what does the Super Nintendo have that's going to be like Vector Man, Donkey Kong Country is not the one I go to. It's probably going to be a Mega Man X, Mega Man 7, Super Turrican, Contra, something like that. Not Donkey Kong Country. The playstyle is very different. Controls. It's another one of the strong points of the game. It's tight, responsive, and has a great layout to top it off. It's couldn't get much better than this. 10 out of 10. Music and sound effects. Nothing special here. Unlike DKC, the soundtrack to Victor Man is easily forgettable. The sound effects, however, are what hold up the quality of the audio. The sound effects fit perfectly and they pack a punch to top it off. It managed to balance out the forgettable soundtrack, getting an above average score. 6 out of 10. Gameplay. The game is an action platform game that plays like the 2D Duke Nukem games with some additions. So maybe you should have compared it to that one instead of Donkey Kong. Uh, most of the game you're running around shooting things as you make your way through the stage. However, there are hidden power-ups allowing you to transform into a drill or another form to add some variety to the gameplay. There are also some boss stages where you take on special forms to take down the boss with, like a train, which also adds some variety to the gameplay. Unfortunately, the game gets dull very fast as 90% of the game is spent defeating the same basic enemies while making your way to the end of the stage. The power-ups I mentioned are infrequent and there's only three boss stages that make use of a special transformation. Another problem is because of how dull the game gets, it feels like it goes on forever. By the eighth stage, I was hoping it'd be over soon, only to find it goes on even longer than that. If you're going to make a game long, at least make it a little more interesting than this. 5 out of 10. Overall, while there's so many superior games available for the Sega Genesis, this is uh, one that's only worth trying if you happen to find it for less than 5 bucks somewhere. 2.5 playable. Yeah, I'd probably agree with that. The story's dumb. The graphics are good, but they're not great. The controls are good, but they're not great. I don't know what he's talking about. Great layout? It's not, I mean, there's three buttons, A, B, and C. What a, and I don't think you use one of them, so nothing amazing there. That was kind of my thing with a lot of Sega games. Like you got this three-button controller, but most of the time you just jump. Sometimes you jump and shoot. About it. Ah, uh, yeah. Anyway, moving on. Super Fighting Robot Vector Man, a review by Zylo the Wolf. He's back. I'm excited. 2007. Uh, while many of the Nintendo series were successful on their system, Capcom's Mega Man, see, we're good already, was one of the most important series. Even if Sega Mega Drive had one Mega Man game, the game wasn't released in USA and it was just a remake of the first three Mega Man games on the NES. The Mega Drive needed one exclusive platform shooter, but not only did the game have to be as good as most of the Mega Man games, the main character also had to have more attitude, since without that, Sega Mega Drive wouldn't have been so successful. Vector Man was born, a green robot which could fire bullets from his handgun. He could also turn to many different things if he got the right power up, like a drill which allows him to make entrance to new areas in the stage. Another of his most common power ups are the ability to transform into a grenade which will explode after a few seconds and destroy anything on the screen that is destructible. 
Finally, Vector Man is just like Sonic, a character who likes to do a cool pose when they have finished the stage. There isn't much that needs to be said about the story. The game takes place on Earth in 2049. Earth have T.O. much pollution, so the humans no longer lives on this planet, and they left all their orbots, read this as robots, to live on the world. A watcher robot called Raster somehow got attached to a nuclear missile and turned insane. Now Raster is known as the evil dictator Warhead and takes over Earth and says that he will kill any humans who return to their planet. Vectorman's job is to stop Warhead. Vec uh, you play Vectorman kind of similar to how you play Mega Man. Your mission is to either get to the goal of each stage while there are enemies standing in your way. There are many TVs on each, sta each stage which gives you a power-up item if you destroy them. You can either get small balls of energy which give Vectorman more hit points, an item that doubles your score, an item that transforms Vectorman into something else, or finally it's also possible to get special weapons. There are two other things which make Vector Man fun to play. First of all, he can run and shoot in nine different directions at the same time. Wow, nine at once? Are there even that many directions? And since he's a robot, or as this game calls it, an orbot, he can also preform a double jump. Sometimes it gets really tricky to find where you should go, but then it might be a good idea to jump as high as possible and see if you can find another way. Sometimes you even have to look at the background to realize how to get any further. The difficulty in this game is actually really good. The easiest difficulty is still challenging for someone as lame as me, while the other difficulties are for more experienced players. There are a total of 16 different stages, some of them are really strange. One of them is called Staying Alive, which is a reference to the song which I guess everyone have heard. The stage takes place on a disco floor, and your only job is to shoot the boss on the floor. It's stages like Staying Alive, which never makes Vector Man boring to play. Many will haunt me for this, but Vector Man is just what a green Mega Man should be. The game isn't the really big classic, and the Sega Mega Drive have better games to offer than this, but I still don't see how anyone couldn't enjoy this game. Do yourself a favor and try it. Xylo gave it a 4. Well, I don't love it. Um, I didn't love Vector Man all that much. I thought it was pretty average, all in all. But you know what? I'm probably kind of somewhere in between what Xylo's saying and what, uh, what's their bucket was saying. It's, it's fine. It's fine. It's not great. It's fine. Nice to have Xylo back though, right? Heck yeah!
I'm kind of doing this out of order. It'll it'll be in the show the way it's supposed to be, but I don't want to try and read reviews off my phone. So let's do some news, and then I'll be just as impressed with the reviews as you were mere moments ago. I can just tell. Our lead story this week, fun with mannequins. Oh boy. <laughs> I know all about this story. This is kind of old news. Um... Some sports teams eager to return to the field have taken to placing cardboard figures of fans in stadium seats to enhance the experience for viewers, because that's what I look at when I watch sports on TV. But the FC Seoul Soccer Club in South Korea was forced to apologize May 18th after propping up sex dolls in the seats for its match against uh, Gwangju FC, the New York Times reported. We had tried to add some fun in the non-spectator match, the club explained. But we have not checked all the details, and that is clearly our fault. Details include the buxom physiques and obvious logos of sex toy marketers on the doll's clothing that fans watching quickly noticed. How many and why did they report it? We had confirmed that although the mannequins were made to look just like real people, they had nothing to do with adult products, the statement said. But the club admitted that it had neglected to do a background check of the supplier which makes sex dolls. Meanwhile, dinner at the renowned Three Michelin Star Inn at Little Washington in Virginia can set diners back a pretty penny unless they're not eating. When the inn opens in May 29th, some of its patrons will be mannequins, reported the Associated Press, attired in fancy 1940s clothing and placed strategically at tables to help with social distancing. We're all craving to gather and see other people right now, said Patrick O'Connell, the inn's proprietor and chef. They don't all necessarily need to be real people. Right? It's fine that I talk to my cats. How is that any different? Shut up. Rebellion served cold. An unnamed ice cream shop in Hong Kong is offering tear glass flavored ice cream in support of the region's pro-democracy movement, reports the Associated Press. Uh, the shop's owner explained he wanted, quote, to make a flavor that reminds people that they still have to persist in the protest movement and don't lose their passion. It tastes like tear gas, said customer Anita Wong. It feels difficult to breathe at first, and it's really pungent and irritating. It makes me want to drink a lot of water immediately. The owner tried several different combinations to achieve the flavor and found that black paper, black pepper, excuse me, came the closest. Before coronavirus restrictions, he said the store was selling 20 to 30 scoops per day. Pepper ice cream. I try that. I like pepper. Just funny. University of Arizona wildlife biology professor Michael Bogan caught Saturday morning cartoons as they came to life in a video he recorded of a coyote chasing a roadrunner May 9th in downtown Tucson. Bogan could be heard on his recording saying, There is literally a coyote chasing a roadrunner. I can't believe it. This is a straight up cartoon. Except it wasn't. Uh, the reenactment of the classic setup between Wild E. Coyote and the Roadrunner caught Bogan's attention near the Santa Cruz River, Fox News reported. And, as life often imitates art, the real Roadrunner escaped unharmed from the Wiley Coyote. Stories in the passing parade, police responding to a reported shooting at Poughkeepsie, New York. Why can I read Poughkeepsie? All these other names, it's like, I, I think it says Larry. But not Poughkeepsie? No sweat. Uh, anyway, uh, reported, police responded to a shooting in Poughkeepsie. 
early on May 17th, and they arrived to find a very drunk 35-year-old man who, uh, from the Bronx who claimed he'd been shot in the buttocks, which caused him to fall and hit his head. The Hudson Valley Post reported the unnamed victim was taken to a hospital where he was treated for his head injury, but doctors could find no evidence he'd been shot. There was no bullet hole in his buttocks, x-rays showed no bullet lodged inside his buttocks, and his pants had no holes in them, police said. Witnesses nearby were also intoxicated and unable to provide any clarification. When officers pressed the victim about his story, he became uncooperative and said, I didn't pull a gun. Sure you didn't. Homeschooling gone wild. Uh, parents have lodged complaints with the Archbishop Sentamu Academy in Hall, England after discovering their 7th, 8th, and ninth graders were sent an exercise asking them to define pornography, soft pornography, hard pornography, and other sensitive subjects such as human trafficking and female genital mutilation. Hull Live reported on May 19th that the assignments were uh, made as part of the school's sex education course, but one parent, hey, the internet's back on identified as Mrs. Taylor, said if her daughter had searched these terms on the internet, the results would have, quote, destroyed her mind and, quote, scarred her for life. The school responded saying students were not directed to research these topics themselves on the internet because all the answers were contained in the teacher-produced materials we shared. Principal Che Bell apologized. I'm genuinely sorry for any upset caused at this difficult time. Stories of why not. In Japan, people are enlisting the help of a long-forgotten mythical creature believed to ward off plagues in their battle against the coronavirus. Amabi, that's probably wrong, a mermaid-like being first appeared in Japanese folklore in 1846 when she was reported to have appeared to a government official and predicted a rich harvest and a pandemic. She told the man the pandemic could be thwarted by drawing her likeness and sharing, with, sharing it with as many people as possible, BBC reporter on April 23rd. Now images of the spirit are appearing over five continents, and in Japan, face masks and hand sanitizer with her image are popular. One long-haul driver painted her on the side of his truck saying, I travel all over the country with my goods and Amabe to pray for the disease to go away. Even the country's Ministry of Health, Labor, and Welfare has joined in, tweeting in images of Amabe to encourage people to prevent the speed of the spread of the virus. Can't read spread. Poughkeepsie, no problem. Spread? That's hard. Going the extra mile, a nurse on the western uh, Western Russian city of Tala has been disciplined for non-compliance with the requirements for medical clothing after photos appeared on social media of her wearing only a bra and panties under transparent PPE. Uh, on, that's personal protective equipment, I believe. On a COVID-19 men-only ward. The unnamed nurse told her superiors at the Tulla Regional Clinic Hospital that wearing clothing under the PPE was too hot and that she didn't realize the protective gear was see-through. How do you not? The Scottish Sun reported on May 20th the patients didn't seem to mind, although when admitted there was some embarrassment. Don't let the British school kids look that up. Oops, on May 15th, staff at a Hamilton, Ontario retirement home transferred all of his residents to a hospital because of an outbreak of COVID-19. That is, except for one. The following evening, after repeated alerts from the man's family, he was discovered in his room at the Roslyn retirement residence by a security officer who had been dispatched to look for him. He was, quote, alert, and subsequently transferred to the hospital, the CBC reported. This was clearly not something anybody would have intended to do, and the lack of a master's list of residents contributed to the snafu, said Winnie Doyle, executive vice president of clinical operations at the hospital where most of the residents were sent. This was extremely distressing. 
And our final story, thank goodness inexplicable. A Facebook, a Facebook group called, quote, a group where we all pretend to be ants in an ant colony, unquote, began March with around 100,000 members, reported NBC. The world locked down and the membership soared to more than 1.7 million. Started by Tyrese Childs, 20 of Fargo, North Dakota, the group's purpose is to serve their fictional queen and search out food for her, and it is one of roughly 70 role-playing groups on Facebook. Members of the ant colony compose photos about being ants, and others join in by commenting with terms such as munch and lift. One post featuring a photo of ice cream with ants crawling on it invited members to deliver some of the sweet treat to the queen and got more than 18,000 replies. I think people are searching for something to do right now, Child said. You can only scroll so much on social media. That is a lie, Tyrese. Social media never ends. It just goes on and on and on. Ladies and gentlemen, that is going to do it for Electric Leftovers this week. Thanks for listening. It was a sure time we had trying to do it off the phone, wasn't it? Wasn't it a great time? Anyway, if you'd like to check out more of uh, all the stuff we talked about here on the show, like the Let's Plays and the soundtrack, do so at lowbiasgaming.net. If you want to subscribe to the podcast, do so anywhere you get your podcasts. You'll find us. Uh, if you would like to check us out, we're on YouTube and um lowbicegaming.net as well if you'd like to financially support the show I still think you should probably do something wiser with your money like give it to charity this time but we've got all that stuff set up it's in the description if you've got any questions comments or anything you'd like to uh, have read and or answered on the show leave them in the description of this episode somewhere hit me up on twitter at Jason G-R-V-I-N find me on youtube at Jason Groovin or uh, check out the link to our Discord chat in the description, and you can leave your questions and comments there. We'll get it answered quick-like. 
Everybody have a good week, a good day, and a good time, and I will catch you guys later. Electric Leftovers is a low bias gaming production. Low bias gaming. We play games.